Up next, a message from Victory Life Church of Milton. I only do what my father tells me to do. I only do the will of the father. And that's what I want to talk about. And that's why I wanted James to do that song. And that's a beautiful song. Here I am on my knees again. Amen. The other, it's, it's harder to get on my knees, by the way. <laughs> I was talking to my sister, Lynn, and I said, it just sort of comes up quickly. You don't realize this, and, and I, I know I'm the oldest person in here. But anyway, you know, used to just get in and out of the tub, no big thing, nobody thought about it. Now getting out of the tub is like a big thing <laughs> to, you know, like, so I don't do that anymore. I take showers. But anyway, I was telling her, I said, do you have any problem doing these little things that were just so natural a few years ago? And she said, yeah, it really gets weird. But anyway, through all of this, God is with us. In whatever stage of life we're in, God is with us. And he is such a faithful, faithful God. And like Paul was saying, it is so wonderful to get in the word of God. And last week I did a pastor's corner and I started out saying, I love your word. It is so exciting. And God has great things stored for you. You have a, this is a great adventure. This life is a life of adventure. God is in charge. And, and what, you know, what could be better than Almighty God charting out your life? And if you, as you read the Old Testament, as you read the Bible, it just gets better. It gets better and you think, wow, God did that. God did that. And, it, and he loves his people. He loves us and he knows where we live. He's got our address. That could be a little frightening, right? <laughs> God knows where you lived. So I used to tell my kids that. I said, God is watching you. <laughs> you have to do what you got to do. Amen. You know, put a little fear in their heart. So anyway, we're going to start out Ephesians 2, 1 and 10. And it says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Listen to this. It says, And you he made alive, us, who was dead in trespasses and sins, in which you, want, in, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Are we not there today among the third verse, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. Are we not there today? Do you look around at the world and with these riots and these things that are going on? Are we not there? Are we not children of the flesh? Do, do we not do what what the enemy wants us to do i mean you know he just leads us and we just go off the cliff you know uh but anyway this is where we were we were there but it says the first verse says and you he made alive who was dead in trespasses and sins we were dead amen but listen to the fourth verse i love god because what does he say he says but god but god here you are here we are in verse one two and three but here we are today but God. Amen. So isn't that encouraging that, that God is going to intervene? It says, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Doesn't that make you so excited? And raised, look at six verse, and raised us up together and made us set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Where are we today, folks? If we are saved, we're in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are in Christ Jesus. And so we need to remind ourselves when you're watching the news, when it just seems to situations and circumstances get worse, we're in Christ Jesus. God has raised us up in heavenly places. 
Seventh verse, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. His kindness, his grace. Eighth verse, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourself it is a gift of God. Isn't that a wonderful thing? We are saved today because of the grace of God. It is a gift that God has lavished on us. Amen. Not of works, the ninth verse says, least anyone should boast. In other words, we didn't have anything to do with this. We were up there in verse 1, 2, and 3. But God, but God. We were living a life that we didn't need to do. It says, not of works, least anyone should boast. The tenth verse, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So God has a purpose and a plan for us. And it's awesome. It's so wonderful. We are so blessed. And, and what does he want us to do? He wants us to surrender each day to him. Jesus said, I only do the will of my father. And that's what I want him to say, uh, that I could truly say, I only do the will of my father. I am not there yet, but I'm trying. Amen. So we're going we're gonna to get there. My husband used to say, we are saved we are being saved, and he that endures to the end shall be saved. And this is our walk in life. This is what God is doing in our life. He's in it. So the first verse I want to bring out in that is Acts 16, 30, and 31. And this is such a neat story. Anyway, it says, And he brought them out and said, Sir, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved, you and your household. And this is Paul and Silas. Now, Paul and Silas are preaching the gospel, and they're out there preaching the gospel, and everywhere they go, there's a demon-possessed girl that, that gives fortunes for, his, for her master, and uh, she's yelling everywhere they go, these are the sons of the Most High God, or whatever. Anyway, Paul gets tired of it. Eventually, he turns around, he rebukes her, casts out the demon, and the girl is set free. Well, you would think that's a pretty neat thing. Except one thing, the owners made her a lot of money. So they were mad. They were mad at Paul for doing this, Paul and Silas. So they beat them up. They beat them up. They put them in the, they take them to the jail or they put them in prison. And they say, make sure nothing happens to these guys. You know, and, and so the guy, the warden, the guy that's running the jail, is really scared of these guys. So he puts Paul and Silas in the very pit of the jail and in, in, in bars they can't move they're in, chained in there because of what because they're preaching the gospel so don't accept, ex, expect people to get real excited sometimes when you're preaching the gospel sometimes they don't like it amen but you got to do it anyway because that's what we're called to do so anyway paul and Silas are just doing what they're supposed to do now they find themselves in the middle of the jail in the center of the jail and it's in the midnight hour now, what is the midnight hour? The very darkest part of the night. Amen. And in the midnight hour, have you ever been in the midnight part of your life? Have you ever been in that situation where it was all darkness? There was just one horrible thing after the other. You've been beat. You're worn out. You're, you're, you're in prison. You're in prison. Amen. You might not be in prison in Santa Rosa County Jail, but you're in prison. And you, what, what does Paul and Silas do in this midnight hour? They begin to praise and pray and sing. They're singing, they're praising, they're worshiping God in the midnight hour. And, and there's no hope for, they don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. They haven't got a thing that you're going to get out tomorrow. All they know is that they're going to praise God in their situation. And that's what we have to do, folks. We have to praise God in our situation, no matter what it is. 
God has called us to pray. So they're praising God in the middle of the, in the, middle of the midnight hour. They're praising God. They're in shackles. They're in the, they've been beaten. They, they've not had a good day. They've not had a good day at all. But what do they do in the midnight hour? They're praising God. They're singing. They're praising God. And, and guess what happens next? This is really neat. The whole jail falls apart. There's an earthquake that comes. This angel comes down. I know what happens. This angel comes down, tears up the whole prison. The whole place is just, just the doors are opened up. All their shackles come off. They're free men. They can walk out of that place, never to return. And the jailer comes to check on, my God, what's happening with all of this uproar. And he's afraid that they've all escaped, so he's going to kill himself. And Paul says, don't kill yourself. We're all here. Nobody's left. You know, it, you, who's in charge of this situation? Paul. Paul is. He might be the one that was in prison, but he was the one that was in charge of this situation. So we, we might be in prison. We might be where we're not wanting to be today, but we can be in charge of our situation. We don't have to, have, we don't have to allow circumstances to be in charge of us. We can be in charge of those circumstances. And I'm, I am so fed up with this. It's stealing relationships. It's, filling, it's stealing everything from us. We need, we've got to take authority over it, guys. I mean, continuously, we thank you, Lord, this thing doesn't have control of us. And we send it back to its owner. We send it back to Satan in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you that this, that this virus is going to die out in Jesus' name. We just thank you, Lord. We speak death to it and life to, to your people, Lord Jesus. So anyway, Paul, the, you know, the shackles have come off. They're free. And the jailer comes and says, oh, my God, everybody's going to escape. He's going to die. So he decides to kill himself right there. He, he's going to kill himself. And Paul says, don't do it. We're all here. Everything's fine. And the guy falls on his face and says, what do I do to be saved? Paul and Silas has got their attention. Amen. And oh, by the way, it said while they were praising God with their shackles in the, in the pit of the jail, it says everyone is listening to them. Everybody's listening to you folks. They're watching you to see how you're reacting to this mess that we're in, you know. So people are watching you, so we need to be careful what we do as Christians. So here they are. So the jailer falls on his face and says, what, what do I do to be saved? Amen. Wouldn't that be a neat thing for somebody to come up to you to say, brother, what do I need to be saved? And what does, what does Paul say? He says, sir, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. And that's what happened. And they were baptized. They were set free. There was no, I bet more, I bet all those prisoners got saved. I just have a feeling that they all followed the, the example. So anyway, we see, so the first thing that we have to do is get saved. Amen. So once we're saved, God begins to work in our hearts and in our minds. And here we are. We were up there in Ephesians, the first three verses, but now, but God, now God's beginning to, to work in our lives. He's, been, he's allowed to work in our lives because we have accepted him as our Savior. And once we accept God as our Savior, Jesus begins, the Holy Spirit begins to work in our lives, and there begins a process that he does in our lives. And we have a Father that never gives up. If you expect Jesus to forgive off on you, forget it. He's not going to. He will hound you until the day you die. So you just will give in. The best thing to do is don't fight God. You're at the losing battle. You're not going to win. He will pull you through a knot hole backwards, as Brother, uh, Brother Allen used to say. Amen? So, and that's 
pretty painful when you think about it. You know, nobody wants to be there. So anyway, so as Brother Allen would say, so God is working in us, Lord, in us. And, and that's where we are in Romans 12, 1 and 2. And I want you guys to listen to the, as I read this to you. This is what Jesus is doing in each one of our lives. Is we accept him as our Savior. He begins to work in our lives to conform us into the image of his dear son. And this is a lifetime process. If you have been there, you know, I mean, he's still conforming me. He's still working on me. And uh, he never gives up. Thank you, Jesus, you never give up. Anyway, it says Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says, I, be I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. So Paul is telling us here what we're supposed to do. He said, I, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now that's pretty, pretty shocking, isn't it? A living sacrifice. So a li holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. After Paul tells us this is what God expects us to do, he said this is just what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to get accolades. You're not supposed to get all the angels in heaven clapping and saying, she's going, she's doing it, she's doing it. It's our reasonable service. So how are we supposed to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God? Why must we present our bodies as holy? Because God says without holiness, no man will see him. So if we want to see God, we're going to have to walk that holy life. Sorry, people. It doesn't matter what the world's doing. We, do, we are not of the world anymore. We're of God. So if the world is going out, it going to hell in a handbasket, that's not us. We're not going there. We're going down the road of holiness. It says there is a highway, a highway called holy. Amen. So God expects us to be on that road, and he doesn't give us any slack. He doesn't say, it's okay, the world's shacking up, doing its thing, you can do it. No, God doesn't do that. His word has not changed. There is a progressive teaching today that says God has went past the Bible. God has not went past the Bible. God has not left the Bible. The Bible will never change. It is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. So how are we supposed to present our bodies? A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable God, which is your reasonable service. So when you think God is requiring too much of you, when you're complaining about having to walk that straight and narrow, don't complain anymore. It's your reasonable service. That's just what God wants you to do. Why? Because he wants to save you from all of the world. He doesn't want you to be in riots and he doesn't want you doing stupid stuff. Amen. He wants to save you. Amen. The second verse. This is where it gets good. Because remember, we're saved now. We've accepted Jesus. Now, this is what God is doing in our lives. It says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. So how does God do all this? He renews our mind. It's the thinking. Our thinking is he turns our stinking thinking into right thinking. Amen. So he's he's transforming by the renewing of your mind. So God begins to how to, and, and how are we going to do this through the word? Love the word. Fall in love the word. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Sometimes I think when you're reading the word and they say, you know, and, and sometimes you th I thought, God, you didn't have to put that in there. It didn't matter that we didn't know that. <laughs> you know, you get an Old Testament. God, they're doing this thing. I, I could have been OK without that. But you notice he just puts it out there. He just tells it like it is. 
So anyway, God is renewing our mind. And this is very important because we've got to get all the old stuff out of our mind and replace it. We've got God is renewing this computer and he works at it continuously. And he's not going to change. He's not going to stop. So you just will give in. Amen. So he says, okay, so we're being, we've been saved. We're being saved. And this process goes on forever because there's a lot of junk that we have to have transformed. Amen. But God is patient. God is kind. God is long-suffering. Uh, so, guys, know that God is working. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad he's working in our, in our hearts and our minds? So, anyway. Anyway, then the last thing that God does, or he tells us, and it's in Matthew, the 24th chapter, the 13th verse, he says, but he, endure, he, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. So how long do you have to go on with this? Till the end. Till the end. And then guess what happens? Jesus says, well done, you good and faithful servant. Isn't that what you want to hear? Well done. Well done. Thank you, Lord, that, that we're going to hear that, Dave. We're going to hear that. Well done, you good and faithful servant. And that's another thing. We are called to serve. We don't get out of this world. We don't become, and, and that's, God is so good. When I, I just thought about the disciples here, they went through the, go back with me to the Last Supper before that day. They're, you know, Jesus has already told them several times what's going to happen. I'm going to die, but it's okay because I'm going to be resurrected at the third day and I'm going to go to the Father and the Holy Spirit's going to come and it's all going to be for your, glo- for your good that this is taking place. And what is the disciples doing they're arguing over which one is going to be the greatest. Now, these are not the greatest people on earth. They're fishermen. They're, they're just like us, you know. Uh, and, and they're fighting over who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. And, and Jesus, can you imagine how grieved that must have made Jesus? I mean, here he's going. He knows what's ahead of him. He knows that he's got to be crucified. He knows the suffering that he's got to go through for us. And they're arguing about who's going to be the greatest. And he says, he says, don't forget, you're he- and then he washes their feet. And he says, this is an example I'm leaving you, that, that you will remember that I'm your Lord and teacher. That's true, but, I am your, but I'm teaching you a better way, and that's to serve. No matter how and mighty we might get on this earth, we are always servants. We're always servants. And we're not too good to do that which a servant would do. Amen. Amen. God, Jesus gave us those examples and he wants us to walk in his steps. But he says, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Guys, you need to get in Matthew 24 chapter. We are in Matthew 24. And I think we've been there forever, but I think that it's getting strong. It's getting the, the age is coming to a faster end. And, and you're in 24, Matthew 24, and you just see all these things taking place. And he says, he that endures to the end shall be saved. So we've got to endure. We've got to make it. Amen. Amen. So where are we at? Okay. Another thing that I've been, I've been in Romans. Romans, the chapter 6, 6, 7, and 8. And in that, the and six, uh, part of the 6th chapter of Romans, he talks about that we were slaves. And, and that's a very, you know, a picture we were slaves we were slaves of sin but he says now you're a slave to righteousness and we had a, a man many many years ago that ministered here and he said whose slave are you you know we're not our own person 
We're never going to be our own person. We might think that we're captains of our own ship, but we are not. We're either following the flesh man or we're following God. And God is saying, I want you to follow me because you're not going to get it. It's going to be a really hard walk if you choose the other way. Amen. If you choose to be a slave to yourself. Because you'll be a slave to sin or you're going to be a slave to me. So that's the sixth chapter. And that's going on in the sixth chapter. In the seventh chapter, Paul brings out where I want to do right, but there's something in me that makes me do wrong. I strive to do what's good, but I find I do what's wrong. And at the end of the chapter, he says, woe is me. What is going to happen to me? And he says, oh, thank you. Through Christ Jesus, I'm going to make it. So it's all, you know, amen. So have you ever had that warfare going on, the lower beastly nature of yourself get, get in control? And you do this thing, you say, why did I do that? Why did I, why did I do that? And you do that over and over again. And you just have to fall on your face and say, God, help me, help me. So we find ourselves in chapter 7 of, of uh, Romans there. And then the 8th chapter, there's a way out. <laughs> Amen. God comes on the scene and, he del- and, and it's all so good. See, the word is so exciting. It's so exciting. Amen. Uh, I had all these scriptures and, and um, I really hacked it because I was afraid that, that it would just be. Anyway, I didn't want to overpower you guys. So anyway, uh, and God helps us in this renewing our mind thing because he tells us what to do through the word. But you've got to find out what's in the word. But in Corinthians, he gives us a secret. He says, pulling down those imaginations. So when your mind is going crazy, pull down those imaginations. If they're not godly, pull them down. If, if, the, if, you, if your mind tells you the world's coming to an end, it's okay. Because if your world comes to an end, guess what? Jesus is there. Amen? We, we don't have to worry about it. And let's try not to worry about it. In, in Psalms 37, it says, fret not. That's a really neat chapter because all several times over it says, fret not because of this, fret not because of that. And sometimes if you're like me, you fret. Uh, what's going to happen, God? What's gonna, you know, and, and your mind tells you this. And things could be bad. Things could get really bad. But it's okay because we're, we're children of the king. If you read the persecuted church, you find out that all over this world, our brothers and sisters are dying. They are being persecuted for being a Christian. 180 Christians die every day. Do the math on that over 365 days a year. Our brothers and sisters are being tortured. They're being persecuted. They are being killed for the gospel's sake. So it can get pretty bad. But guess what is at the end of all of that? Jesus. And we get, to, we get glory. We get glory. Amen. Amen. So we need to pray for our brothers and sisters because they are suffering. And you read these stories and you think, oh, Jesus, forgive me for ever complaining. And there are people in, in our own congregation that need so much prayer. It's going through so much. And I know that all of us have our own special needs, our own special uh, problems that we are praying for. But God is so good. He has been so good to me, folks. He has just been so awesome. He is such a wonderful, wonderful father. Um, you know, it says that in our, in our surrendered walk, they use Jesus as, we use Jesus as that perfect example. It says in Romans, um, Hebrews, the third chapter, Hebrews is a wonderful book. Uh, God has had me in Hebrews and Romans. And in Hebrews, it said that Jesus was faithful in his house. And then it goes on and says, but Moses was also faithful in his house. Well, you could say, well, Jesus was faithful. I mean, he was God's son. 
you know, it was easier for him. I'm not quite sure if that's true. But it, we, we say that in our minds sometimes. But then it says, Jesus was found faithful in his house. And then it turned around and said, but Moses was found faithful in his house. What happened to Moses? He delivered the children of Israel. He led the children of Israel out of Egypt. And for 40 years, he put up with their complaining. Can you imagine that? Poor, and it said that there was never a man like Moses. No, there wasn't. Who could do that? <laughs> I mean, could you, I mean, they were over three million people complaining constantly. You can read the statistics on it. It was like the size of a, a group of people the size of New Jersey in the desert for 40 years. And here Moses had to put up with that all the time. As a matter of fact, he told the Lord, why are you punishing me? These are not my children. <laughs> You know, why have you chosen me, Lord, to do this? But the Bible says that Moses was faithful. And God is calling us to be faithful. Amen. So what is the surrendered life like? It's a faithful life. It's surrendering every day to his will and his purpose in our life. Amen. And there is victory at the end of all of this. Because guess what? Jesus is going to return. And that is the wonderful news today. Because the world, even, even if we survive this plague, even if we survive everything that we're going through today, guess what's going to happen? Because we live in a world that is damaged. And you go back from history starting at day one until history today, and, you can, and, and it's there. It's there. And man has always, in the flesh, we have not done good things. Yes, we have done very bad things. Even in America, we have done things that we wish we hadn't done. And, and we've done things that we shouldn't have done to the American Indian. And I feel really bad. I think most of us, if we've been here very long, if our families have been very long, we, most of us have some Indian in us a little bit anyway. I know Fred's family, they were pushed out of Canada. The, they were Dakota Sioux, but they were pushed out of Canada into, the, into Montana because the Canadians didn't want them. So they, they you know, I mean, it's always been bad. I mean, you know, when the first European stepped his foot on the soil of American soil, the Indians, that was over. It might have taken a couple of hundred years, but it was over. Because we weren't going to stop. It was going to happen. And it's not, you know, it's not something that we're proud of, but we just, we, we you know, it, it's there. History's there. And history sometimes gets really pretty bad. Rhonda said that she, Rhonda was telling me she'd seen a documentary recently about the Jews in Europe. And you think, why do people hate the Jewish people so much? Because God said, you're my firstborn. And Satan hates them so bad, like Satan hates us. Do you think that Satan's going to stop warring against us? No, he hates us. And he hates the Jewish people because God chose them. And so in Europe, during World War II, in the different countries, we'll pick Romania. I don't know if it's I'll j just popped in my head but the jews say the husbands were out fighting and they were and their families were being killed while they were gone i mean it's horrible what we can do to each other i mean it's just you know without god there's no hope but there is god so we have hope but i'm just telling you that you know which you already know obviously that this is not a wonderful world that we live in but uh we're here thank you jesus and god is doing a work in our life but in the end, and what was my last scriptures there? John 14, 1 through 4. But anyway, this is the ending, and I want you guys to go home. You know, I don't want you to be depressed. God is doing a work in your life. You are saved. You are being saved. And he that endures to the end shall be saved.
Amen. And you guys, this is an awesome life. It's an exciting life. Don't let sin push, suck you in and say, you're giving up the good life. No, you're not giving up the good life. You're giving up death. You know, you're giving up death. God promises life. Amen. So anyway, John 14, 1 through 4 says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Isn't that neat? In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know the way you know. But anyway, God is saying there is, I'm, I'm going and I'm going to prepare a place for you. But I'm going to come back and get you. Isn't that neat? He's going to come get us. Amen. And then these, this, I love this in Acts 1.11. Because Jesus has been with the disciples so many, I think 40 days. He's taught them much. But he's also going to be leaving them. And he just, he's going to leave them. But he says, it's needful that I go away because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Wait for me. Wait for the Holy Spirit. Because when you get the Holy Spirit, he's going to reveal to you all things. And so he said, this is what I'm doing. And anyway, they're there. They're, and, they, and Jesus is taken up into the sky. And these angels are standing there. And they say, men of Galilee, why do you keep staring up? The same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven who will so come in like manner as you saw him going to heaven. In other words, this same Jesus is going to return. So we don't have to worry about is Jesus going to return or not? Yes, he's going to return in the same like manner. He is going to return and we will see him and we will, we will be with him forever. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that exciting? Can you imagine the disciples are just standing there and there goes Jesus up in the sky. And then all of a sudden, there's these two angels. And these angels say, why are you, why are you keep staring up at the sky? This same Jesus is going to come back. And you know, in reading the New Testament, the disciples believed that Jesus would come back in their day. But how much closer is he than he was then? So he could come today. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And then the other is about the sign of his coming, which is the Matthew the 24th. And he will gather his light. Anyway, it says, Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with great power and glory. And he will send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Won't that be a glorious day? Can you imagine that being on being on TV, <laughs> look at this, guys, what's happening? And there is, there is Jesus coming back to get us. Boy, are they going to be shocked, huh? That's going to be a neat thing. This earth is going to be laid out like, a, like everybody from everybody, Australia, whether you're in Australia or you're in New York, wherever you're at in between, you're going to see Jesus at the same time. Isn't that awesome? Man, do you want to be in that? I do. I want to see that. And everybody, and, and can you imagine? It's going to be the end. It, we will be with him forever. So we are so blessed to be his children. We are so blessed because he chose us to be a part of this. We are a part of this, folks. And, and it's, it's just wonderful. It's just, it's more than wonderful. So we can see that God, where God starts with us is when we are born again Christians and we, we are have entered the kingdom we become kingdom kids we're part of the kingdom of god 
and God begins to work in us to conform us into the image of his dear son. And he never gives up until that work is done. And at the end, if we, we, he that endures to the end will be saved. So it's a continuous process. It's an awesome process because if you're like me, God takes you as you are. He doesn't, isn't it wonderful that he doesn't tell us, okay, straighten up your life, you know, and let me know when you straighten it up because I have plans for you, but I'm not going to take you as you are. No, he takes us as we are. And we're all, if you're like me and you are like me because we're all the same, you were a mess. But he loved you. He sought you. He, he chose you. It, said, he, it says, I chose you. You didn't choose me. So that's pretty neat, huh? For whatever reason, God chose me, and I'm so happy he did. I am so happy he did, because where would I be? I would be such a, a lost soul, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm, par, I'm part of the family. You're part of the family. Isn't that wonderful? We're brothers and sisters. And if wherever you go on this earth, and you run into another brother or sister, you're brothers and sisters. You're like, wow, there's that connection right there. So God is so good, and I, I hope that... Uh, you know, don't be discouraged. Know that God is working this awesome work in our lives and, and get excited because it's just only going to get better. It's only going to get better. In the meantime, we got to pray. We got to study. We got to pray. We got to fall in the uh, pray. You know, God, just fill me afresh with the love for your word. Just let me love you. Let me love you. I pray all the time, you know, and, and don't give up. Don't ever give up. We can't give up. If you're like me, you have, if you're like me, some of you are, but you have children, grandchildren. I have great-grandchildren, and I'm praying that they're going to come into the kingdom, and I'm not giving up. I refuse to give up because I, they have to come in the kingdom. They have no choice, right, because I'm not giving up. And uh, so, guys, don't give up. God is on the throne. Pray much, pray much, pray without ceasing. Be kind to one another. Know that God loves you, but he is watching you. <laughs> no, I had to throw that in. But he's watching you with love. <laughs> and it's like, you can do this. You can make it. You will make it. I won't give up. Just like we're not going to give up, he won't give up. Amen. So I love you guys. I hope that you were blessed. And, and stay in Hebrews. Uh, study Romans 6, 7, 8. You'll be so blessed. And then run over to 12, Romans 12. Everything in between is good, but those are my favorite chapters. Uh, so just enjoy the word. When you're bored, get out the word. When you're not bored, get out the word. And uh, nothing's good on TV anyway. It's all summer. Everything's, you're thinking, gosh, this is, but anyway, love you guys. Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you give us the opportunity to walk the surrendered life. And, Lord, help us to take it seriously that this is what you want, Lord, because you know what's best for us. You know, Lord, that you want us to be faithful in your house, as Moses was faithful in his house, as Jesus was faithful. Lord, help us to be faithful children. Help us, Lord, to be repenting, to repent, Lord, to, to, to just give us that hunger for you, Lord. That whatever is needful in our lives, that we will do it. That we will walk upright before you all the days of our life. And Lord, that we will embrace whatever the walk that you have chosen for us. Lord. Thanks for listening to this message from Victory Life Church. Go to VictoryLifeChurchOfMilton.com for more. And may God bless you.